This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. Welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday, everybody. 204-780-6868. Tons to get to across the league. Of course, a practice day for the Winnipeg Jets. They are in Vegas. Um, We'll talk about that in just a few moments when we bring Paul Edmonds, voice of the Winnipeg Jets here on 680 CJOB. On to the show, Jim. Tons of stuff also going around uh, the league, including crazy news out of Ottawa. Well, crazy. I knew they were gonna. The hammer was gonna fall. Over I didn't this think it was. Gonna, I didn't think deal. it was gonna be this. This. Uh, this. Well, I thought it was gonna be a little lighter. The penalty is more severe than what the Blackhawks were relegated or not relegated, but dished out. We'll but t- we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. Noah Hannafin. I'm not surprised with the though. Flames. This is no. good. No, uh, the Leafs lose yesterday. The Canucks win. We're gonna get into that uh, as well. Uh, and also, hey, a couple bombers uh, up for uh, league awards as the West nominee. I'll tell you who those are as the show rolls on. But first, uh, Paul Edmonds, voice of the Winnipeg Jets, right here on the show. Hey, Paul, how you doing? Real good, gentlemen. Yeah, just uh, waiting for about 40 minutes uh, before practice starts. And I guess we'll have a better idea of uh, what the Jets are going to roll out tomorrow night against Vegas. Early, I've, early I've never wanted to know more what you're doing than right now today. <laughs> <laughs> to, to you know, my, how, how do you wait? Is it at like the 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 wheel of fortune, or where are what are you just sitting in front of? I'm actually on the concourse of T-Mobile Arena. I uh, wanted to come on with you guys in sort of a private spot, um, but I thought maybe you were referring to just my my time in Vegas. Yeah. Somebody asked me last night what Vegas is like on Halloween, and I said it's no different than every other day in Vegas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> people wandering around with costumes and. You know, things like that. I mean, it's, I didn't even, like, if you didn't know it was Halloween, you wouldn't know it was Halloween. So <laughs> I bet you the only difference in, in the only difference in Vegas is you'd be like, oh, there's Cher. Or is it actually Cher? I don't know. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, the only thing I didn't see was some guy walking down the street with his pet boa constrictor yesterday. So, <laughs> well, maybe next time. There's always next time. Uh, yeah. Before we get into anything, Paul, we'll get into the game. We'll see what the Winnipeg Jets are going to uh, roll out and your thoughts. Again, you had your, your Jets report here on the station uh, today. I want to talk to you a little bit about that as well. But uh, Paul Stasny announcing his retirement uh, yesterday. When I say Paul Stasny, what's the first thing that pops in your head in, in terms of his time here with the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, just a solid professional NHL player. Um, the guy, he did it right. He came from really good stock. Uh, he always talked uh, with us about... Um, learning from his father and and certainly his uncles who kind of broke through out of that iron curtain years and years ago, decades ago. Um, never forgot that. That kind of guided him. Uh, certainly, I think that when he talked about moving to Winnipeg and, and having that 17-18 season where he had to wave his no move to come to, from St. Louis to Winnipeg was the best thing that ever happened to him. Well, it was one of the best things that happened to the Jets because they got some center ice depth and a, and a guy that had been, you know, through a lot of NHL wars. So, um, you know, we, we saw him a couple of years ago where he started slow, and I think that's sort of father time catching up to him. Um, but near the middle of the season, I mean, he had not lost a step at that point. It's just I think what happens is you just um, – it takes so long for you to get back to that speed of the game as you start to age a little bit further into your 30s. Um, but uh, just a great guy, awesome hockey player, uh, did a lot for Winnipeg in his short two stints, uh, certainly in the city, one longer than the other. Um, but uh, he'll be remembered as a, as a pretty good Winnipeg Jet and what he did in that 17-18 season for the franchise as well. 
Well, and how he spoke of Winnipeg, I, I think, is a big thing. Like, he had an old move, waved it, came here, came back again, and um, has said when, you know, throughout the years or recently that, you know, one of the best things that ever happened to him was the trade to Winnipeg. You know, it's interesting because I heard this a long time ago from Craig Heisinger. And, I mean, he's been around for a long time with uh, both entities. And I know we've kind of bridged the 1.0 to the 2.0 now. And we've kind of moved along as just the Jets franchise. But, you know, prior to the team coming back in the first incursion of it, um, a lot of guys would get traded to Winnipeg and they kind of roll their eyes in the typical sort of response. And then they get there and they would just fall in love with the place. And, uh, and not only that, but their families enjoyed it and the spouses enjoyed it. It's something that's unique. I mean, winter kind of has a siege mentality for all of us, but if you're not out there kind of hanging out together, and that's what they did, and I think that's the basis of it, um, then you're kind of going to be isolated. And I think it kind of pulls everybody together because you all live in one area, and everybody gets together and kind of socializes that way. And that's kind of what's happened here as well. It, it took a little while to get established that way, but I think that's exactly what Paul Stassen is talking about, that his family really enjoyed coming to Winnipeg and playing here as well. And from that standpoint, I mean, you know, you, you can't remove that. It's maybe a selling feature for the Winnipeg Jets now and down the road. And, and he embraced it. And I think it's a great testament and a testimonial for um, future players here. Hey, if Paul Stastny really liked going there, um, I think we're going to like it here too. And that's a, a boon for the organization, the city, and the province for sure. Um, during your Jets report uh, today, uh, Paul, uh, you, you spoke about the power play. You spoke about the penalty kill. I mean, that will play uh, once again later on today during the Jim Choth Show, just as it wraps up at 2.55, and then once again at 4.55 here on 6.80 CGOB. But you mentioned the power play, 28 for 30, to, uh, uh, two on, on misses, only activating on, on 12%. Hasn't scored a goal since since Edmonton. Five games ago, goalless in the last 17 opportunities, that, uh, and the penalty kill running at, at 72%. How do what, what's the what's the approach on fixing that? I mean, if we look at the power play, is it do they need to get the puck to the net more on the PKs? Do they have to be more aggressive? Where do you think the 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 things that the Winnipeg Jets can say? Okay, we can implement this tomorrow in Vegas. Well, let's start here. Uh, if you're wondering what your combination of your specialty teams is supposed to be, and I left this out because I didn't want to just have people have the their eyes roll with too many numbers being thrown out, but we can mention it now because you've mentioned the other numbers. You always want your total of your power play and your penalty kill percentage to be at 100 or over. And then if it is, you're usually kind of firing on all cylinders when it comes to your specialty teams. Well, you know, you take those two numbers, and I think Winnipeg's probably in around that 84, 85 mark. Well, that's a far cry from 100. Um, So it's got some work to do. Um, I don't really per se have a problem with the power play as it exists. Has it gained momentum for the Winnipeg Jets on power plays? Yeah, sure it has. Has it got inside the zone and got set up and and they haven't had a hard time with entries? Yeah, they have. I just don't like some of the decisions that I'm seeing. And it's easy for us where we sit to to criticize what's going on down there. But I I think that what you said, Cameron, that they have to get more pucks to the net. That's the idea. But I also believe that they have to have another body or two at the net for recovery of pucks and rebounds and create chaos there. What's happening to them is teams are letting them set up and work the puck around. And that's another thing. I I just think that they've got to move the puck quicker. um, And that will be something that I think that we're going to probably hear after practice today if they work on it. 
But also, I think when they get the puck to the net, they have to, because everybody's collapsing down on them and blocking shots, they have to get some bodies there to be able to win those puck battles right in front of the opposition net. Um, the scene passes and the one-timers don't seem to be working. They're getting shots through, but they're getting blocked. Mm-hmm. And then what do you want is first touch on those. Some, I guess, things about the penalty kill. I've liked the penalty kill for the most part. The goaltender has been pretty good. What I'm finding, though, is they're they're blocking shots and they're kind of winning those battles, but they're just not getting that extra step to be able to get the puck out of the zone totally, Paul. when it's a 50-50 totally. bucket. Yeah. What's that? No, I'm just saying totally I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Yeah, they're just not, like when it's a 50-50 puck after a block shot, they're just not able to kind of expel it out of the zone. And from that standpoint, and they're getting more hemmed inside theirs. And, and you get tired because you're running around and you're short a guy, and next thing you know, you get blitz for a goal. So... I think both of them are, are fixable. I think there's some tweaks that need to be made, um, particularly in the power play, because with all of that offense and skill that they have up there, they should be rolling along a lot better than, you know, no goals in five and 0 for their last 17 and sitting around 12 or 13% overall. Tomorrow will be the 10th game of the season, and that's still really early in an NHL season, Paul, but it's much the same start as last year. But I would argue it's the same results, but in a, they're, they're at this point in a different way. What have you noticed different about the first nine games of this team compared to how they started last year? Well, I think they've got a baseline from last year to understand that they don't want to have that tail off like they had certainly after Christmas, right, Jimmy? Um, also, I just think that what we can say about them is they've been pretty consistent in the way they've played. Yeah, we've maybe talked about a period or here or a period there. Uh, Los Angeles keeps coming up in their dressing room all the time. But overall, they played pretty hard. Like, they're a tough team to play against. They win a lot of battles, and 5-on-5, five five, they've been exceptional. So, um, you know, they run into some good teams. Um, certainly, they're going to run into another one that's undefeated, you know. I mean, 9-0-1 going into their 11th game, and uh, Vegas has kind of not uh, missed a step from where they took off from last year or ended last year in June and winning the Stanley Cup. So, um, the Winnipeg Jets are, I think, a pretty predictable lot and predictable in, in all of the right measures from the standpoint that, you know, you understand what you're going to get when you play against them. And I think that's kind of the, the quick word around the National Hockey League is this team is, is not necessarily improved, but it's uh, taken a step in maturity from my standpoint um, from last year. Last year, they were good. And, you know, under Rick Bonus's system, they, they jumped out of the gate and were very good and then tailed off. And injuries had something to do with that as well. But I think that they battled the injuries already early on. I mean, um, Gabriel Velarde, uh, I would not imagine uh, that he's going to be out that much longer, maybe a couple more weeks. I think things are healing nicely there. We might uh, be able to get an update on that today, too. But So they battled some adversity already, but yet through all of that, they've still been consistent. And one game above 500, but they've got points in five straight and you know another opportunity to play Vegas tomorrow. And for whatever reason, they've always played Vegas pretty well in this building, with the exception of the postseason. So I'm just talking regular season. Um, but I like the way Winnipeg has kind of handled their business, and they've been pretty steady throughout it. Paul Edmonds, voice of the Winnipeg Jets here on 680 CJOB, live from Vegas. Paul, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Have yeah, a good day. Thanks, Paul. That That is interesting. Gabe Vlardy on the trip. It's a yeah. three-game road trip. Hmm. We'd see if he's on the ice or not. But um, there's been yeah. a couple of guys that have, have already... 
like we're here in Aaron Ekblad and, and Brendan Montour might be back like two to three weeks earlier than expected. Mid November, they're, they're yeah. hearing Ekblad's practicing. I don't want to rush him at all or anything, but just, and I know a lot of times injured guys go on the trip just to be part of the team, see what they're working on yeah. and stuff like that. But it, it'll be interesting to see if he gets on the ice at all during this trip on a practice day. Yeah. And I, I agree with Paul on what the power play and the penalty kill needs. It needs small yeah. tweaks and it's going to start working. Um, and I they was, do need to move the puck quicker. That, oh, that's that a, that's has a great, them. That's that, a total great point. Um, you look at the guys from the New York Rangers, the veterans, Panarin, Zabinijad, who've been there for a while, Adam Fox. The four-on-three in overtime. Yes. They were, they were slow moving the puck. Yes. And, and you look at how they move the puck quick because they know where everybody's going to be. I know Blake Wheeler's off this power play. Pierre-Luc Dubois isn't there. But you kind of have to... You know, the way teams this year in the first nine to 10 games have just made that box collapse, mm-hmm. you got to move the puck. Yeah. If the puck's not moving quick, they're just going to be in their little square and turn and turn. If the puck's moving quick and faster, that's how the Rangers got it to Zerbinijat. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the overtime, but on the power play was just he was there. And by the time it got to them, even if they're, the defenders are turning or reaching, it's gone already. And that's why they got to move it faster. Lots to get to here on the show. Let's take a break. 204-780-6868. When we come back, we'll give you the sports minute from Boston Pizza. Uh, Then we'll take a look at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, the West Division nominees for the CFL Awards. I'll tell you who's on that list. And lots to get to elsewhere. The Sens, the Flames, the Leafs, the, the Canucks. What? Lots to get to. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Hushu had a Taiwan 6-1 right now in the sixth end, if you were wondering what the score was on that one. Uh, How great is curling that we're saying against Taiwan <laughs> and uh, against... It, the game has come a heck of a long yeah, way. it's come so far. Um, most outstanding player nominee from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, running back Brady Oliveira is going to be going up against Chad Kelly of the Argos, also up for most outstanding Canadian uh, against Mark Antoine De, uh, Decoy from Montreal. Uh, Decoy, um, most outstanding offensive lineman, right tackle, Jamarcus Hardrick. Uh, he's going to be up for it against uh, an offensive lineman from Toronto, Dejon Allen. And coach of the year, Michael Shea against Ryan Dinwiddie. There's a lot of ex-bombers in this as well as bombers, but this is outstanding. Um, a lot of people knew that uh, Oliveira would get the Canadian nod. Yeah. A lot of people were wondering about um, Vernon, Vernon Adams, Adams Jr. Yeah. in BC. I just had a conversation a couple of days ago with Bob Irving about this, and he said, I think he's in tough against Vernon, but it's good for him. Good for Brady to get that. What happened in Ottawa? We'll be right back. I'll tell you. Doesn't stay in Ottawa. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. This texture says, Alex says, do you guys know where the Jets stay in Vegas? New York, New York, question mark, question mark. I don't know. I said, uh, I have no idea. Caesars Palace, isn't it? That would attach to T-Mobile. I've never been to Vegas. Never been. You've never been to Vegas? Listen, Vegas isn't going anywhere. I got other places I got to go. Where? Where? Where do you got to go other than you've been to Disney World four times and you've never been to Vegas? Uh, five. Come on, five. Yeah, and you can't work in a Vegas. You couldn't have gone to Disney World four times and gone to Vegas once. What? What's there to do there? In Vegas? Yeah, nothing. Nothing to do. Nothing. With, there's, no, I heard. there's no. There's no rides just, if that's what you're ev- looking everybody for. Everybody just keeps telling me there's nothing to do there. Why would you want to go to Vegas? 
I'll get there. I'll get there multiple now, times. Now, if you've been life. to Vegas four times, it gets a little. Well, my wife has been, I think, 27, something like that. Her parents, big Vegas people, huge Vegas people. How is your my wife? father-in-law went. How has your wife four, been to five, Vegas five, 27 times and you haven't been once? My father-in-law went. I'd like to get her on the phone. What is going on in Vegas that she's going that much? He, my father-in-law went four or five times a year. Every time he had like four days off, really? bam, he went. Oh, yeah. I actually have some. Uh, loved it. Loved my it, mom's it. cousins are all retired farmers in central Alberta, and they used to go twice, three times a year. But they'd go yeah. to old Vegas. Like they'd leave the strip, go stay at old Vegas, and they loved it. <laughs> all those like people that would... love old Vegas, they'll go to Reno now. Yeah. It's like my mom's good friend in Minnesota. I always, they I always hear... go to Reno. We go to all oh, That's where we go. We go to Reno. When I hear old Vegas, I, I picture a horse and carriage and six shooters, and there's a marshal and stuff like that. <laughs> That's what I picture in old that's Vegas. A, that's good old Vegas. Yeah, yeah before the old mob Vegas, came in, yeah. before, before things changed. Before Bugsy came in and <laughs> tried to build a hotel. <laughs> 204-780-6868 before they bring in, uh, uh, you know, they bring Elvis Presley uh, to the, what was the, what was the hotel he was, he was staying at? I'm sure we'll get a text message. Everyone will yeah. know that. 204 I watched that the Elvis Glo- movie, the global? By the way. No, that wasn't no, it. No, no. Something like that. It was, it was the Flamingo or something. Or the, no, no, it wasn't. Every, someone's going to text 204-780. The hotel that Elvis yeah. had the residency in. Yeah, the famous one. I'm not even going to look it up because I know someone's going to have that answer very quickly. 204 um, 780 Have you seen the movie? I know we're getting off. We're going to talk hockey here in a minute. But have you seen the movie, Elvis? Oh, yeah, it's good. It's outstanding. Yeah. And how the colonel used him um, and tried to The international, to thank you. Buck, thank you. The international, that was it. Thank a you buck very off much. him and just basically paid his gambling debt by forcing him to not tour, to not... Like Elvis was Elvis. Mm-hmm. He was the king and that famous. Could you imagine if he could have toured, toured the world and wasn't held to this residency in Vegas? Yeah. Well, it's, um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think about that. I, I, like he is as big as he is already. So imagine if he could have, instead of being at that residency for as long as he was and could have gone on tour like he hoped to. You know Biggie is in like Japan and places like that? Well, that's that. what I mean. Like I've told this story before. My college soccer coach has a son who was an Elvis impersonator in Japan. And I, I laughed at that, but then he got, and I looked it up. He made 250 US a year being in, in Japan about six months of the year doing shows. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big Elvis fan. I, That's I, how popular I, Elvis I, is I, in Japan. I, I and this was awesome. in the 90s. Yeah. 204-780-6868-204-780-6868. Is that 250,000 yen or is that in No, no, dollars? that was U.S. So that's not too much if that's yen. And um, I, I just said, Hong Kong's got him now. If I was him, I'd never come back, coach. And he'd be like, can you finish your killers here? The Ottawa Senators will forfeit a first-round pick as a result of punishment stemming from their 2021 trade that sent Evgeny Dadanov to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, The National Hockey League announced that the Ottawa Senators will forfeit a pick uh, for that trade. Uh, where uh, they, which was subsequently invalidated on March 2022 when Dadanoff's trade between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Anaheim Ducks uh, was made void. Ottawa will forfeit that first-round pick in 2024, 2025, or 2026. The determination as to which pick will be forfeited made by Ottawa within 24 hours of the conclusion of the draft lottery for that year. The league will have no further comment on the matter. So what happened was Dadanoff was traded to Vegas that previous summer where uh, the Senators um, uh, told that, uh, told the Vegas Golden Knights that he never submitted a no-trade list. 
And when they traded him to Vegas, so then Vegas thought, oh, he doesn't have a no trade list and then tried to trade him to the Ducks. What I don't know is murky is I don't know if they said at the time they traded him to Vegas, they said he didn't submit it or if they traded him thinking they submitted it. And then later they clearly, well, the senators botched this. Yeah. At some point it came up that he didn't. Da- the the ducks were on his list. The ducks and he actually had the ducks were on Dadanoff's no trade list. Basically, the senators lied. Yeah, and and somebody might defend the senators and going, well, they thought he didn't. So blah blah blah. No, no, you don't think somebody didn't. You you, you, know this as, you have to know yeah. if a guy submitted his no yeah. trade list or not on his contract. No. I'm surprised it's it's this severe, even the, because, you know, with the new ownership in Ottawa and stuff, they said they were going to be a little bit more lenient. I'm not surprised it's a severe count, to be no, honest I, with I you. I thought it would be like I, a second and a fourth or so. I didn't think it'd be a first. Well, a first, I, I thought it, I, if it wasn't a first, I thought it would be multiple, like a second and a fourth, like you said. So maybe I'm surprised at what, but I thought it would either be a first or it would be a couple of other ones. Mm-hmm. But you can't do this. Like, and we were all mad at Vegas, right? Yeah. When this happened and now it's been sorted out. You, I don't know how to say this more bluntly. You have to know what contracts you have. How do you think Kelly McCrimmon took this, general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, when this all came down? I don't think he was too happy. I I think maybe clean it up might have been whispered, or <laughs> know what you're doing, or can you yeah. uh, follow this a little better? Yeah. Um. So you know, and and this brings around like people people always bring up that Eric Comrie year where if he had played three more games, he would have been an RFA as opposed to a UFA. I think the Jets knew that. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think the Jets I don't think when they were fighting for their playoff lives were worried about getting Eric Comrie three more games. Yeah. Uh or one more game or whatever it was. So that's my point. I think management knows the situation, but they don't coach that situation. They're trying to desperately get into the playoffs and ride Connor Hellebuck. This is different. Mm-hmm. You can't deal a player and either lie about it to help the deal go through. Is that what they did? Or just go Sorry, we didn't know about that. Yeah. Well, when you make a trade, it's up to you to know the ins and outs of the contracts that you're sending somewhere. They were either seriously negligent or lied. Those are the two yes, options. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is interesting, too. This one's from a friend of the show, Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Uh, pending unrestricted free agent Noah Hannafin has put contract talks on hold with the Calgary Flames. Uh, amid the team's slow start to the year, reportedly Hannafin and the Flames were real close as of last week. Flames off to a 2-6-1 start over their first nine games. Uh, I pulled out their analytics um, to say it's miserable uh, is an understatement. Um, their power plays 20th, 5-on-5 uh, five five plays 31st in the league, goals against 28th, goals for 29th. Um, in terms of goal differential above expectation is you know kind of a one of those real deep you know analytical stats, but I think it has some relevance to it. Thirty second in the league, um, they're not getting the points. They're not getting the start from their players. You know, Huberdeau's only got five points. Kadri's got one goal. Uh, Mangiapane, when he's tied for the lead in scoring on your team with Elias Lindholm, I think that that's that showcases something is not right. Um, the Flames are in a in a position right now, Jim, where uh, I I don't think, and again, it's early on in the year. They've only played nine games, but these numbers that they're putting out right now spell deep trouble. They have to turn this around, or uh, there's going to be some big changes in Calgary. They're nine games into the season, and they've lost five in a row. So they're two six and one. <laughs> 
they uh, you know they beat the Jets in game one. Yeah, and they shouldn't have won that. The Jets should have won that game. They should not have won that. They, well, have won I shouldn't that say that. They should have got the Jets should have taken them in overtime. They should have got a point. And then yeah, so um, I, I don't Jets know, Cam. Like I look at this roster and um, I don't know what's going on with Huberto. I never expected him to be 112, 115 points like he was in Florida. Mm-hmm. But I expected him at least for three or four years of this contract to be a point of game player. To, to, to be an impact, to make an impact. 75 to 82 points in 82 games. I've watched two Flames games uh, this year outside of the one against uh, the Jets, and I don't even notice him out there. Nazim Kadri is nowhere near the caliber of player he was in Colorado that got him this contract. He was holding out for the $7 million contract. Remember that? Um, the defense, I mean, there's, to me, look, this is just pure me guessing, speculation. It just seems like a lot of guys, and then you bring in, like, I mean, what did, <laughs> all you have to do is listen to Zadorov. You don't like the hard coach. You don't like the soft coach. You don't like the good coach. Like, it just seems like that, to me, isn't about the coach in particular. It's about... You guys don't like a lot of stuff. You guys complain about this. You guys complain about that. You don't like this. You don't like mm-hmm. that. You don't like how this is going. How that? Play the game. Yeah. Shut up and play the game and play it at the highest level you're possible of doing it is what I take from that quote that was based around the coaching. But there's a veteran defenseman going, when I'm paraphrasing, what I read from it in mm-hmm. between the lines was there's a lot of guys here that complain and don't like this, don't like that, don't, and then they get on the ice and it doesn't matter and they don't care enough and they don't that. That sounds like a team that you got a gut. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, you they're think, approaching do you, that. Do you think 10 games from now they'll have a closed-door meeting and all of a sudden all the things that all these guys are unhappy <laughs> about go, meetings. you know what, you're right. <laughs> I am, I am, I'm going to start playing better because I'm not going to let the coach bother me and I'm not going to let my pending contract situation bother me and I'm not going to let this guy as my line mate bother me. And I'm not. Yeah. Do you think this is all cleared up or do you just look mm, at it and go, no. there's I, a lot I, of unhappy, whiny players here and we got to get rid of some of them. Um, I, not with the numbers that they're putting out there right now. The only thing that they have going for them is their PK right now is fourth in the league at, at over 90%. If they didn't have that going for them right now, I think they would be like so down there with San Jose. Here's a prime example. Markstrom was awful last year, coming off of Vesna finalist year. Yep. He was really hard on himself, criticized himself. All the stories were indicated that he worked his tail off to get back to what he wanted to be. And despite his results and numbers, he's back to where he wanted to be. He's been very good this year. Mm-hmm. Is, is Huberto, is Kadri, is like all these other guys that, you know, had bad years. Did they, I don't know what they did this summer. I'm not saying they didn't work hard this yeah. summer, but where's the focus? Where's the results? Where's the, I just, I can't believe an NHL player had to say, you don't like this. You don't like that. You don't like that. Well, what, what do you guys want? Like, that just sounds to me like a lot of whining. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be a lot of guys in that team that are going to be going for contracts next year. Um and Elias Lindholm wants nine million dollars a year. He's not well. He's not getting it if he goes to the free. If he goes to free agency, he's not getting it. I don't. And I can understand why they don't want to give it to him now. Well, they're they're in a bad spot as a player on that team. You are in a bad spot right now. And I like Elias Lindholm. Yeah, but can that not be it? Like here's a Lindholm who wants nine. You gave a guy ten and a half before he even got here. Like I understand that argument from him. Yeah. And now you have a new GM who has to deal with it. It's not the GM who gave Huberto no, the ten point. and a half. A good point. Like I get, I get it, but all of this has to get left in the room when you take the ice, and it's not. I, I think there's some things there that 
And then you have this young coach that they all liked. They all wanted Huska to come in. And everything I've heard is Huska's a really good communicator and coach. Yep. But to me, it sounds like he's got to do more off-ice work than on-ice. 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Let's take a break. Let's come back. The Leafs losing yesterday to the LA Kings. The Canucks finding a way to win. Who's for real? The Leafs for real? Are the Canucks for real? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. we'll give you our opinions on the other side of this. Don't go anywhere. Chats at noon on 680-CJOB. Real, real, real quick, just to connect the Jets to the conversation we were having about Lindholm and the Flames, and then we'll get to the Flames, uh, we'll get to the Leafs and the Canucks real quick here, but uh, this one. Guys, for fun talk, Jets are projected to have $7 million cap space at the deadline. Lindholm is 4.8 or something before he is a UFA. Uh, do you see him? Could you see him fitting into this lineup? Well, uh, a long way to go here. The Jets might have to use uh, their uh, their long term uh, injury reserve that might get depleted by the end. So I I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. This isn't a team that's going to pay two to three assets in draft capital to bring in Lindholm for two months. Yeah, that's if a they great thought point. they could sign him and make him a center, um, I I could see a deal being done. But they're not going to sit here and go here's a second and a fourth round pick a year apart. And bring in Lindholm, and then he's gone two months later. Not especially when they're in a retooling phase or a uh, competitive yeah. rebuild. Do I think they could David use Lindholm Poyle in the middle? Yeah. yeah, if he was their second line center at about six million a year, great. Yeah, but he wants. Not, I agree. He's not going to get nine anywhere else. No, no. And that's what Calgary's doing, right? They're doing the Mark Shifley. Like, Why do you think Hattifin was starting to talk again to the Flames? Because he knew the money wasn't going to be there anywhere else. It was going to be only in Calgary. I agree with that. Yeah, I, I, all of a I sudden, mean, Shifley and Hellbuck. Why, why do Shifley and Hellbuck have contracts at eight point five? Yep, probably because they both wanted nine, nine and a half, and said the Leafs lose yesterday four one to the L.A. Kings. The Kings are pretty good. The Leafs right now holding on to the second second Eastern Wild Card spot at five three and one. Jim, who are the Toronto Maple Leafs? Are they uh, are they a team? Are they a bubble team or are they a high uh, Atlantic division team that's going to finish first or, or second? Who's that? The Leafs. <laughs> Thanks for paying attention. No, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> taking a shot at the Leafs. Oh, okay. Who's well, uh, Who could finish that high? Oh, God. Uh, See, listen, I got to be a little bit yeah, smarter than Jim. Thank you for paying Unless attention. Unless you're trying to make me look foolish. No, I'm not. Unless you're trying to do that. Um, they uh, lost 4-1 to LA last night. I don't. Um, the more I watch the Leafs, I love everything about their top six. You just, it's too much money. They need some defensemen. You know what I love about? They need a goalie. You know what I love about following the Leafs is that when they have a great game and they win a game 4-1, it's all of it. It's just like, is this the great, is this the greatest <laughs> Leafs team we've seen? And then the next day it's like, you know, they, they were stuck in the mud. Can they can't get their run? Like, it's just play, constant. When they play a team like the Kings, it's hard to score. And yep. that's weird to <laughs> say about a team that can score. And the other thing is, is Austin Matthews started games one and two this year with back-to-back hat tricks, and he's got one goal in the last seven games. Mm-hmm. So he's got seven goals on the season, but six of them came in the first two games of the year. Yeah, Leafs riding a real good power play, fifth in the league, 31.3%. Rest of the stuff, pretty mediocre middle of the road, uh, maybe sort of edging towards the sort of back half of the of of the, uh, of the the league. 
we'll see what happens. Uh, there's lots to there's lots of growth left there for the Leafs. I think they're definitely still a playoff team, but uh, where they're going to go, listen, I don't think they're I don't think they're like in the cup contending cat. They're not there with Dallas. They're not there with Colorado. They're not there with, with well, Vegas. Montreal is a team that's not going to make it right. But Montreal's no. like the Jets are playing really good five on five hockey right now. They're going to overtime first in the league in five there, on five. There could be the year. Remember the year Dallas went to the playoffs and they had thirteen points by just going overtime, not mm-hmm. just wins, but like going overtime. There could be a couple teams like that this year. Yeah, might be the Jets. Might be. I'm not saying Montreal will make the playoffs because Tampa Bay and the Vancouver Canucks second in the Pacific. They beat the Preds five two. Elias Pettersson scores a hat trick. One of those goals into the empty net. Uh, Pettersson watched- sixteen points. Uh, J T Miller thirteen. Quinn Hughes eleven. Brock Besser's found his game. I'm so happy for him. I'm so happy for Brock Besser. Ten points. Uh, they got goaltending. You know, Thatcher Demko's had a great start. They're playing great five on five. They're they have a great goals against goals for average. Uh, you know, their penalty kill still needs work, but from last year when it was dead last in the league and awful uh, to be mediocre middle of the pack, I, I think that's a big success. The Canucks to me look like if they can keep this up, they're a for real team. A couple people, including Elliot Freeman, not a lot, but a couple said, watch out for the Canucks this year. They've got great playing, goaltending playing in well, Demko. Playing well. They bought out Oliver Ekman Larson. Their D's okay, but they've got a deep forward core lineup. They're trying to get rid of Connor Garland, but they're playing well, right? Yeah. Like they're playing. I've watched three Canucks games this year, and I, I like the way they're playing. I really do. Jim Toth is going to take you all the way until 3 o'clock. And those home Canuck jerseys last night, those are the best. Those are my favorite. Those that's, are That's the one I remember as a kid. Yeah, me too. And I hated them the at the v, time. The V, no, I did too. I was like, this is They're so, look so gold stupid. and black and skate, yellow. But now they look sweet. Now it's like, the, I, it could be one of my favorite in the league. I, the I'm Jets heritage you. and the, the, the maybe, Canucks heritage are Maybe it's because I hated the Canucks so much when I was a kid watching Hated them. the Canucks. Hated them. And you never went to Vegas. <laughs> Man, this is really stacking up against me. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time. Somebody take the kid to Vegas. Tomorrow. See ya. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.